The Russian Federation has the largest land area of any country in the modern world. That's over 6.5 million square miles of widely varying terrain and sparsely populated areas. What lies beneath the former Iron Curtain? From a country that is widely known for its secrecy and subterfuge, it would be folly to assume that the former Soviet Union has never witnessed or recorded contact with UFOs. In the far eastern town of Downlagorsk, just northeast of Vladivostok, an event took place in 1986 that created quite a stir in the Russian and even international UFO community. On January 29th, the residents of Downlagorsk witnessed a mysterious red orb-shaped UFO approach a mountain in the nearby range and seemingly make a landing impact that could be felt near the site. Russian professors from universities were on the scene within two days and were astounded by the evidence that was found that seemed to point to a mysterious object landing in the forest surrounding the mountain named after its height. In this case, the theorists are sending you postcards from Russia with love in the Height 611 UFO case. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 83, Height, is it 611 UFO Incident? I couldn't figure out if it was Height 611 or Height 611. Uh, It's Height 611 or 611 is okay. It's just how tall it is. It's just the the height of the mountain. Simple. There is Uh, another, there is an actual name for the mountain, but it'd be harder to say than 611. (laughs) Anyways, I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm stoned. <laughs> oh, on that legal know. on that right. legal BC cannabis? That legal BC cannabis. I'm back. Did my did my full month, sober month. Woo! <laughs> and then uh, how ru- was it? How was ruined it all this weekend two nights. <laughs> it was good. I saw some I of your it. lucky lucky monkey uh Josh is a terrible gambler, I'll say that. He's a horrible gambler. And, yeah. And he gets fucking loaded quickly. What kind of what kind of person bets? What kind of hotel room nowadays doesn't have a microwave? That was a shitty bet. Well, let me tell you, actually, only one of the rooms had a microwave and it ended up being somehow it was theirs. Oh, really? All the other rooms don't have a microwave. I don't know. Shitty uh shitty dive bar hotel. Um why, why would a hotel room have a mic those things suck to clean? Like I pizza pops. I have not stayed in many <laughs> hotels where they have a microwave. I've, every hotel I stay in now has a microwave. Mm. <laughs> pizza pops, Look at man. you. <laughs> Late night pizza pops. Fine, fine dining at the Ooh, Super 8. <laughs> Master Braden, shall I put your pizza pops inside the microwave for thee? Jeez. <laughs> yes. Other news before any other kind of news. New shirts. Tons of new shirts oh, on the site. Shit, we did. Got a bunch of designs, uh, s- some new popular designs. Um, go check them out. Buy them if you like them. Yeah, also, super groovy. I didn't. I realized that you couldn't. Uh, you couldn't change the color on the logo, so I uploaded the logos in all different styles and colors. Full, yeah, full rainbow. 
Got everything on there. A bunch of them. Every um, single color of, in the spectrum. <laughs> shout out to uh, Peyton Taylor, who uh, did some of the new designs for us. You can check her out at Peyton-Taylor.com or at Patty Poo on Instagram. Uh, she did some killer work for us yeah, uh, pretty making dope. those designs. Um, and a bunch of people were chirping the Mr. Conspiracy shirts. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of those, uh, a lot of those have sold more than the others. So, I don't know who would want to have that guy's ugly mug all over your on your body. It's just, it's just oh. Mister Conspiracy buying his own shirt, <laughs> 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 buying a full array, every color. <laughs> uh, anyways, let's uh, let's get right into some space news. Uh, we got SpaceX's Starman and its Tesla Roadster are now beyond Mars. Uh, fake news. Why is that fake? Oh, why do you think that's... It's real news, man. Okay. No, no, no. It's fake. Everyone's still screaming fake. it's fake. How is that fake? <laughs> exactly. You're, you're <laughs> this flash. Um, but it's, uh, it's well past Mars. It's been putting tons of miles on. Uh, when I heard that, actually, I was like, man, did it really... I feel like we talked about that, you know, not that long ago, but it's already been nine months. Like it's, yeah. it's way the fuck out there. Yeah. So that's, is it still trans cool. transmitting video or pictures or anything? Um, I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't think they put know. anything on it. I don't think they put anything on it. That takes, that takes a lot of tech. I don't think they would have. Well, they had, you're launching a car into space. Like they had it when they first, <laughs> when they had it, when they first launched it, they had cameras and shit on it. I don't, I don't I don't think anybody's been monitoring it. I haven't yeah, I haven't seen any footage from it since. So mm. what else we got here? Uh two historic NASA missions ran out of fuel this week. Uh the eleven year dawn mission to explore the two biggest objects in the asteroid belt and the nine year Kepler Space Telescope mission that discovered thousands of exoplanets. Uh although both missions c- mission conclusions were expected. Uh, it's sad to see them come to an end, but luckily they've provided uh, lots of data that will lead to scientific discoveries for years to come. Super cool. And and neither will crash into Earth. So uh, Dawn is going to orbit uh, a dwarf planet for decades, and Kepler is 94 million miles away. So uh, you don't have to worry about uh, waking up and seeing one of those on your front lawn. What else we got here? Oh, they haven't, they, they've still been trying to, uh, we reported about it, that they lost contact with the Mars rover because of the big Sandstorm dust storm. Dust storm, yeah. Well, it's still not sending messages back. So what they're hoping is increasing winds in the next coming weeks. Uh, they're hoping it'll knock some of the dust off, uh, off the rover's uh, solar panels so it'll uh, get back in business. But it's right now they have... They really have no idea where it is. They kind of have idea, um, but it's 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 our lost little rover. It's dicked right now. It's just dicked out there. I I always can never get. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around like how big that thing is. Like I always think of it as like this tiny little like an RC car, like yeah. maybe like maybe like four RC cars like put together. But the thing is huge. Like if you look up pictures of it, the thing's like six feet off the ground. Uh, it's ginormous. Like yeah. if you actually look up pictures, and 
I just always in my head, it's like this tiny little robot just driving around. Like, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of pictured you know, it's like a, a short a circuit. Yeah, like the Johnny Five robot, but yeah, Johnny Five. But he's huge. It's it's freaking big. Oh, so the basically, they've confirmed that there is a super massive black hole in the center of our universe. They uh, they've Hooray. always they've always <laughs> assumed they've always assumed there's one. But uh, recently, the material has been seen circling the drain. Uh, the European Southern Observatory's gravity instrument observed bright radiation flares around the disk belonging to Sagittarius A, the massive object at the galactic center. Basically, you can watch this video. It's really cool watching uh, some light go beyond the horizon. It makes for some uh, pretty trippy. Uh, what else we got for space news? You're on a roll. Yeah. Oh, this one's a little bit. Uh, this is this is a callback to some old. We talked about China making their artificial moon. Yeah. Well, experts say there is absolutely no way China's artificial moon will work. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, uh, University of Texas professor of aerospace engineering Ryan Russell said. Based on what he's read, the artificial moon plan would be impossible to implement uh, and is ludicrous. So high hopes, but you know, I don't think uh, I don't think it's gonna be happening. Uh, that's so, such a bummer. Uh, you guys any space news? Ooh, 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 I've got one. Yeah. Uh ATT, we got our name on the Parker Solar Probe, right? Yes, we did. That's right. Yes, we did. We put our name on the Parker Solar Probe, and now the Parker Solar Probe is now the fastest man-made object Woo! in the Guinness Book of World Records. It oh, reached a speed of yeah, 155,959 miles per hour. Shit. Wow. It's also the closest man-made object that's ever to the sun. Every know, day it, it beats the record? Every day. Every day it beats the record. <laughs> when is it supposed to crash in? Um, ooh, can't remember. It, well, I imagine it's going to crash into the sun because I think it's going to get too close to. Uh, yeah, they're saying that it's going to go. It's really just getting started. Um, there's another object that they guys have built that's called the uh, the Helios Two Probe, and that one I think is actually going to kind of get up to a bit faster each time. <laughs> it's um, or no, sorry, sorry, the Parker the Parker Helios spacecraft. Is going to oh no I screwed that all up the Parker Solar Probe. This guy is going to get to a top speed of four hundred and thirty thousand miles per hour. Damn. Yeah, that that thing is trucking, and we're on it, which is pretty neat. I think that's super cool. <laughs> Any that's other space news? No space news over here. All right, I got. Um, I also have UFO case file of the week. Yeah. Huzzah. Let's fire up the old randomatron. And we're thinking at it right now. Abductions. Perfect. This is posted by Empath Redondo. When a stone-cold, rational atheist, computer scientist, 
posts about abductions. Okay, I'd like to think I'm a rational intellectual, someone who would never be writing something like this. Well, here it goes. Two weeks ago, I woke up with this feeling of drowsy brain fog and two strange dots on my arm and neck. I didn't think much of it, just assumed it was acne. The night before was a hazy memory to me now, but I live in a studio apartment and have had this uneasy feeling I wasn't alone in the apartment the last couple nights. A few nights ago, I got home late from work, and I swear I was putting my key in the front door, I could have sworn I heard tiny footsteps running away from the door. My apartment isn't big. It's not like there was anywhere to hide if something was in there. Anyhow, the next two weeks, I had these really strange nosebleeds at work. I'm a software engineer. They would come on suddenly, and it was a lot of blood, then stop. I got nervous, so I went and saw a doctor, but they said it was just allergies and dry air, the sort of thing that never happens to me. Abduction, abduction didn't cross my mind until Friday, when I had this vivid, terrifying dream of being abducted. It was a praying mantis-type gray alien, and the surroundings were different. I was a child, like six, in my parents' old house. First it captured me, then I broke free and went to protect my brother. It moved crazy fast, like a Bugs Bunny cartoon almost. It tried to take my brother, but we played baseball at the time. I grabbed a bat and started swinging, but froze. You know when Professor X freezes people with his mind? It was like that. Then I woke up in a cold sweat. I realized when I had the odd sensation waking up a few weeks before. A drafting ruler about the size of a bat, I used, for, I used it for artwork years ago, was near my bed. Other things were very weird the last two weeks. I felt this insane amount of empathy. I, w I was always sternly focused on work, but I just bought a roll of $1 coins, and I'm wrapping them in these fly-fishing dove feathers I have, to I have to give to homeless folks I see walking to work every day. Why are you... Wrapping the fucking dollar coins in dove feathers, man. Wait, what? Um, yeah, what? I just <laughs> fucking aliens. <laughs> How do you have dollar coins in the first place? Like, who uses dollar coins? Well, this maybe this must be can Canadians because we use Wait, dollar you coins. Guys have, you have dollar coins? Oh, yeah, oh, you yeah. guys have dollar coins. Loonies. Yeah, like, Loonie. We hardly ever use the dollar coins over here. Um, okay. I just want them to have some hope. So, so you gave them <laughs> fucking loonies wrapped in fucking dove feathers. It's an excruciating empathy, like I can feel their pain. I want to cry when I walk past them. Folks, a few weeks ago, I was basically living a living I was basically living a husk of Don Draper's life. Dark, cold, professional. I started creating artwork again, something I haven't done in years. I have a near photographic memory and can draw masterworks from memory. But I've let that go by the wayside for the last year as I focused on work. <laughs> all right, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Holy well, shit. All right. So Fucking yeah. Pump your you tires. You got this amazing ability to recall. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay. Right. Right. Uh, the last part is the craziest one. I can't tell, but I swear to God, I heard my coworker's thoughts. He was talking, and as we were walking to lunch, I heard clearly in my head, "This guy doesn't listen to me." In his voice. His lips weren't moving. It's true, too. I thought the guy was kind of dumb as of two weeks ago. <laughs> so much for the empathy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. When we sat down for lunch and started eating, I started to really try to listen. 
and later on mentioned that I was listening to him. He gave me the oddest look. I don't know what the hell is going on, but I don't really want to regress or anything. Why wake a nightmare? I feel pain in strange places when I try to think about it. A metallic feeling in my belly button. Tinnitus in my head. My, my, my tinnitus! A throbbing <laughs> sensation in the base of my skull. I don't know what these creatures would want with me. It's not wish fulfillment or wanting to be special. I don't want that. But I was an oddly sharp kid growing up. Learned how to read when I was ridiculously young, 18 months. I went on to study AI, now build AI similarcra in, I don't know what the fuck that means, in the CS feeling, but my drug-addicted <laughs> what distant is it? cousin. What is it? Simulacra? What is that? Simul- simulacra. Or simulacra? Or S-I-M-U-L-A-C-R-A. They're like, they're like AI constructs. They're like not real AI. It's just like little AI programs. But my drug-addicted distant cousins also claims aliens, so I can't yield any casualty to my circumstances. Whatever they did, if it really was they, I think it was ultimately for the better. After the nosebleeds and mental fog subsided, my work anxiety is gone, I'm creating artwork, helping others, and genuinely feel more connected. Maybe they are simply here to help us. All right, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Now listen here. I wonder if you could talk about yourself a little more in that. <laughs> I learned to read at 18 months, and now yes, I'm the please best tell us person all your ever. Amazing abilities that you had. Yeah did you did you really learn to read, or could you just remember what the picture looked like? Yeah. Oh my god! Seriously. I mean, hmm. yeah. Oh, I can paint. I can paint masterworks from memory, and now I work with, and then I work at what? Like what? Yeah. pumping his own tires pretty hard yeah yeah i think so all right let's uh let's get to the let's get to the task at hand ufo ufos height yeah. 611 ufo incident in dalnagorsk <laughs> primorsky cry soviet union we uh we kind of re- Agree to let Braden read all the names. Yeah, let him try this. try every single They're one. All super Russian names. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I got that first one pretty good. Delnagorsk. It was actually Gorsk. way better than I was. I was I was sitting here. I was reading it. I was waiting for you to like to say it, and I was hoping you're gonna butcher it, but it wasn't so bad. It was pretty good. It's getting better, folks. Delnagorsk. He's sitting Primorsky. at home. He's sitting home practicing now. <laughs> Cry. I was on that like Google Translate doing like listen, listen, listen. <laughs> uh, also known as Mount Zveskovia. <laughs> these are these are real names, people. Like these, he's actually reading the actual names. He's not making this stuff up. Zveskovia. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty Izveskovia. good. Zveskovia. 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 In Dagnogorsk. Um. So what happened here? Who wants to who wants to take us down a wild ride here? Something crashed. Yep. Case we're closed. closed. Case closed. <laughs> and we're done. Spent. Mr. Conspiracy. <laughs> oh. All right, Dan. Well, Dan, what happened here? All right. Uh buckle your seatbelts, kids. 
All right. So this incident took place in 1986, uh, around January 29th, and what people place at about 7:55 p.m. in the evening. So, um, Dalmagorsk is a small mining town, and it's in the far east of Russia. So on the right on the Pacific Ocean, and it's just a little bit northeast of Vladivostok. Um, Vladivostok is kind of the major port on the east side of Russia. And that's pretty much where, I mean, they do have nuclear sub bases there. It was a big naval base. I've been there before. Um, the city's pretty neat. I mean, it's kind of cool, but it's just like a big military town. Um, people reported seeing a reddish looking sphere that flew into the town from the southeastern direction and crossed uh, over a part of Dalnagorsk. And people are saying that it crashed on the mountain, uh, which most people just refer to as height or mountain 611, which is referring to its height. But as Braidnoise told us, the other name is Inzveskovaya Mountain. Um, and this, they said that the sphere was approximately or looked approximately to be about three meters in diameter, but it had a near perfect round shape. There were no projections. They didn't look like there were any dents or anything man-made kind of as if, you know, if you look at something man-made, it's got imperfections, but this was completely perfect. And its color was similar to that of um, burning stainless steel. Um, they said on the approach to Hill 611, the object seemed to kind of jerk or kind of uh, move in an erratic fashion. And then it fell down and just dropped like a rock. And at this point, witnesses said they heard like a weak muted thump, which I, it's not it wasn't like a reverberating crash. It was just something I, I would assume it just like, boom, you know, just like that sound, I suppose. Just like that. <laughs> just like that. Um, and that said that there was some burn, what looked to be some burning uh, for about an hour. Like it looked like it had set some trees on fire. Now, some people say that um, that's a sure sign that it wasn't a meteor or a meteorite because meteorites don't cause fires. I'm not 100% sure on that. If meteors actually cause, if meteors don't cause fires, I suppose. I guess it depends where they crash. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, if they don't hit anything that's flammable, I suppose, but I guess they just don't, they don't cause fires. But that's uh, ufologists, and some people are saying, yeah, that's one sure sign that it was a. UFO is that it caused a fire that it wasn't a meteor something else right um Interesting. so yeah and it was like this 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 event is considered to be uh one of the best documented kind of or studied UFO cases in Russian UFO history this is people equate this to uh our Roswell right um, so, uh, this one is so well documented because the, the actual Institute of geology and geophysics of the Siberian branch of the Soviet Academy of sciences, um, actually studied and performed tests on, uh, rocks that they had collected from the site. Um, they, when they, um, arrived on there. Uh, there's a Dr. Divuzu, I can't even see it. <laughs> Divuzilini? No. Dis- yep, we'll go Dis- with that. Divuzilini. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this could be so hard. People are yelling at us. Um, 
Dr. D, let's call him Dr. D. That's way cooler. All right. Dr. D um, arrived on the site two days after the crash um, and actually recovered materials uh, from all around the site. And they said that they found tons of stuff, unusual things that they found. They found uh, silica splintered rocks, which had been looked like they had been broken uh, due to exposure to extreme heat. Um, they said many pieces of nearby rock uh, had particles of a silvery metal. Uh, and some of it had actually solidified into spherical balls. And so one of the most unusual things that they found were these things that they later called like tiny nets. And these nets had a, a composition of which um, when they took it for for testing, like the Soviet scientists that studied it at a place, uh, at least one place, the Omsk branch of Academy of Sciences uh, analyzed all the pieces that were collected there. And they said that the at that time, the technology to produce the materials um, were not yet available on earth or were not known to exist on earth, what they made, like the, like the, the composition of the way these things are, these nets were made up of these fibers. Like some of them were, were made of actual gold, like these gold fibers that were, that had a diameter less than a human hair, mm. you know? And it, like, they're like, we can't, we couldn't make this. Um, we don't have the technology to make this at the time. Like it might be possible in the future, but um, from what we know, like we wouldn't be able to make this. It was next generation technology at the time. Yeah. So um, this was after the crash, like there were still unusual happenings at the site. Um, people were saying that insects actually avoid the place. They say that mechanical and electronic equipment are affected by the area you still get static and stuff like this and even some people uh including a local pharmacist actually got really sick um after the event so going near the area some type of lingering radiation right some kind something Mm -hmm. it affects biological life and at least animals know about it um and even this this place in russia dalnagorsk was after this, like there were more UFOs um, at this place. Like it, it became kind of a UFO hotspot, like just eight days after what they thought, um, what they was the alleged first UFO crash um, on February 8th, around 830, two more yellowish f- spheres uh, came in from the north and um, reached the site of the crash. People were saying witnesses said they, they circled it for four or five times, then turned back to the north and flew away. Um, and then the year after, in November 28, 1987, uh, this was at 1124 p.m., people said that they saw third, what they counted 32 flying objects appeared from what seemingly was nowhere, just popped up. And they said there were hundreds of witnesses uh, to including military and civilians. Uh, I've tried to find up documentation or a video of this, but it was 1987. So, and you know, still kind of in the Soviet union. 
So, I mean, Soviet Union had fallen by then, but it was still Russia. So um, it, that's kind of hard to come by uh, to find that. Right. Um, are all like all the objects that people see, are they all the same, like, like spherical? They said that uh, most of them, some of them were spherical, but they also found like they, people said they also saw large cigar shaped objects, especially there was a, a mining area and like an, a couple engineers on site at the mining area said they saw at least like three large cigar shaped UFOs, which are, you know, people have reported seeing those before. Yeah, it's pretty um, common. One of the more common shapes. Right. And of these objects that they saw, um, 12, like these, these objects flew over what they said about um, 12 different settlements. People were able to witness these. And they said at least 13 of the objects flew back to Dalnagorsk to the exact site where the UFO had crashed. And they said that three of them hovered over the settlement and then... Um, another five illuminated the nearby mountain. Like maybe they were looking for something. Right. Um, When the objects flew over houses, people reported that they created interference like television and any kind of like telephone functions got static, things like that. It's like a super weird thing. Like, and this, this area borders China as well. And in China, like uh, a few, you know, a couple miles from, uh, from down the gorse, there's actually another um, Chinese kind of astro engineering uh, facility. Right. So, like, we're all within that area, which is all very strange. Um, I was talking about earlier, but like, you'd think, like, oh, why, how would any of this happen? And like, the US hasn't really said anything or recorded about it. We, we knew about it. Like people knew about this. Um, there's a, you know, we could probably post a link on it in the show notes or something like this, but there's an actual freedom of information act that people requested information on this. And it reads, uh, it reads as such. Um, this is a report from Vladivostok scientists of the people's Republic of China and the Soviet far East have begun joint study of UFOs. The first meeting of the ufologists of the two countries has ended in the small maritime townlet of Dalnagorsk, the city where this all happened, the Soviet and Chinese specialists on anomalous phenomena have have been uh, mapped out a program to investigate incidents that are already known and have also arranged to directly exchange video and photographic materials on new similar phenomena. Weird. Yeah. Uh, Dalnagorsk has not been chosen by chance as a place for such acquaintance. In the last few years, a number of cases of visual observation of UFOs has noticeably increased there. In just the last four years alone, there are no less than 10 UFOs have been recorded. Hot spot. Right? Specialists link their heightened interest in places here with the variety and wealth of useful minerals and maritime cray. Cray is the kind of the area of Russia that it is, but it that place is a big mining town where they mine a lot of uh, materials that they use in like kind of the military right. area, military technology. So th- this was a, um, this was from 1990. This is from May, 1990. So this was four years after the UFO crash in Dalnagorsk. Now, 
Okay, so this UFO crashes. Witnesses see it. Was there any witnesses? Kind of like sometimes you hear from Area, like Area 51, like bodies or hauling the spacecraft away on like a flatbed truck or anything like that? I didn't come across anything. No, I didn't. Uh, I didn't from see people anything hauling away stuff away. Um, people said that they saw areas where it might have landed, where the object actually had touched the ground. Um, but I didn't hear of any recovery or anything like that. Um, some of the, some scientists kind of theorized that it was like this object. Okay. So say this object crashed into the ground or something had some sort of catastrophic failure that, um, caused it to land on the ground and that this was some sort of self repairing object. Uh, it was, it had the ability to extract materials or even transmutate materials because they said that around that area where the craft had a, allegedly crashed there were um there were like they found iron like uh, traces of iron but the iron wasn't from that area like it wasn't from the iron from i guess you know geologists can from through spectroscopy different isotope or something or whatever it is right you can tell where a mineral is from or it's if it's from a certain area and they said that the, the iron that they found there was not from that area so some people say that, it, you know, scientists kind of theorize or some ufologists theorize that this 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 UFO was repairing itself. It was transmuting. It was taking materials from the mountain, which is uh, the mountain is high and, and various it has a high concentration of different minerals. That's why that's why the Soviet Union was mining there. And it was using those minerals to, you know, transmute into what it could use to repair itself. Right. That's crazy. Pretty weird. So what's uh yeah. like what's the debunking on this one? Is there people that There s- isn't. People just say like oh you didn't see anything and <laughs> it's weird there that they actually it. tested like some minerals and stuff, right? And actually did some a little bit of science on it. Yeah. And the thing is, we have pieces of it or we have what pe- what is claimed to be pieces of what they found in at Dalnagorsk and they're actually at the national it's the national atomic testing museum in Las Vegas they have this right. from the stuff from this from, from, crash? yeah from this from or, that yeah from that crash how'd they get that they got it um they got it through I think it was Eric Knapp Eric Knapp is he's a he's a uh, investigative journalist from um he works in, he's got a radio show in Las Vegas. And I think people, people know about him. I mean, he's been around for a while. Um, and he used through his connections and things, he was able to acquire these. And like these pieces have been kind of floating around, um, different places. Like they, um, people say that they, people want to find these, I guess scientists have been, certain scientists have been, you know, anybody would, interested in these materials that they recovered from the crash site and people say that they like uh pieces of the of the materials that they found go for like anywhere from like like about i think somebody said the estimate was like fifteen hundred dollars a gram uh for these pieces so these are just pieces of it's not necessarily a part of the crash it could just necessarily be just like like 
different molecules or whatever it is. It's not an actual piece it of the... It could be what, whatever they found there that wasn't there in the first place or what people said, you know, what geologists were saying that this isn't from here. Um, the material that was left behind or whatever... Whatever process led to that material being deposited there, it's not supposed to, to be exist. there. Right. The the pieces are at the national like if you know, if we have listeners who live in Las Vegas, please go check it out because yes. it's at the National Atomic Testing Museum in Las Vegas. And it's got it's in a little jar. There's pictures of it. It's like in a tiny little cylinder, glass cylinder, and you can actually see it. And there's a little um plaque kind of next to it, and it's got the uh, it, it says that it reads like this. It's the three Soviet academic centers and 11 research institutes analyze the objects from the UFO crash. The distance between the atoms is different from ordinary iron. Radar cannot be reflected from the material. Elements in the material may disappear and new ones appear after heating. And one piece disappeared completely in front of four witnesses. The core of the material is composed of a substance with anti-gravitational properties. What? Sounds like a UFO we, to me. We got to go see it. When are we going to Vegas? We got to plan our Vegas trip so we can go see it. <laughs> yeah, we, ha- we haven't decided what if what we're going to do for our winter trip. So, <laughs> so we're doing that. We're going we're going there to see that. Just that. So you said it was George, George Knapp that found initially found this material? It's George Knapp, right? Is the, the journal- investigator. Journalist guy? Journalist. Pretty sure it's George Knapp. Listen. I wonder, seems like such a ran- yeah, it's ju- random pieces of material to come all the way back to the States, especially like out of Russia. Yeah, George, yeah, George Nam. Yeah, it's because it's not like the Russia-U.S. relations is is the fucking the best for sharing that kind of shit. No, you yeah, think that would have been locked down tight. Yeah. You'd think so, but that guy has been... Uh, George Nam's been around for a while, and I would assume he's got connections on there. Um, the actual... I think the national... Uh, Kind of the, the what would be considered Russia's MUFON is actually headquartered in the United States. So, oh, really? um, yeah, um, I think it's headed up by a guy named Paul Stonehill. Uh, Paul Stonehill is the he used to, yeah, Paul Stonehill. He's also an author. Um, he wrote books like The Soviet Case Files and also mysterious guy soviet ufo phenomenon i think he used to be a um he used to be a nuclear physicist uh in the soviet union oh and he he and got out and set up he, set up shop in the states yes so he does he does lectures and he's also and he's an author um so he does all kinds of stuff um you can look him up and he's pretty sure he's got lectures on youtube and stuff like that but yeah that yeah. guy is pretty on top of it. He knew about it. Um, so I don't think it would have been impossible for them to get in contact with people who had that. Cause I mean, from what I saw, like there wasn't like a big military presence there. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound like, like it. you know, the military showed up and, you know, cartoned everything off and, you know, shot all the witnesses or anything, but it didn't sound like they were very interested in what was going on. It just sounded like a bunch of people just kind of checked it out. And um, if you want the first people, it seemed that the first people who were there were academics, which were two days after the crash, which two days, 48 hours, a lot can happen. And if the military got up there before them, maybe. But there was if they carted something off. I don't know. But I think the scientists. Yeah, I think the scientists would have noticed if there were like truck tracks or, you know, hauling something off 
on the bed of a truck, like you'd leave some evidence behind uh, if there was some sort of covert operation to recover whatever was there. So it didn't sound like that was the case. Yeah, I know this one. This one's it's cool because it's almost it makes it almost more believable that like there was no military like stories to be taken out of context, right? It was just all just civilians just going there and like investigating pretty much. Yeah, it's uh, it's just a it's a really interesting case, and you know when you come across stuff like this, it's just like wow, like I didn't even know this this had happened like this is I, so interesting you know i had never heard about this one until we said we were gonna do with no. the case file on it it's a, it's got it's got like all the similar characteristics to like many other ufos like of the interfering with electronics and like type, like giving off some type of weird radiation mm-hmm. i wonder i wonder what causes that like all these different ufo events is it some type yeah. some some type of uh something to do with like the propellant it could be maybe like an electromagnetic making, field or yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's what I think. Making its own like either gravitational field or some yeah, yeah some sort of electromagnetic Which field. I think is, you know, what could have also caused the the craft to crash, which in my head, I'm, I'm not 100% on how electromagnetic propulsion would work or generating some sort of gravitational field. But I know that iron large sources of iron will mess with compasses. Like it will mess with electromagnetic fields to some degree. And I'm wondering if that craft got too close to the mountain, which had a large uh, concentration of iron and it just kind of screwed with stuff. And then it kind of, and then it, and then it took a dive. Crunched into Uh, the hill. Right. Then repaired itself and either kind of, you know, either took off it, 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 took off again or something like that or well it's got to be you know, or somebody something like that it. because there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, stories of crashed ufos so either this like for some reason when they fly their craft in like earth's atmosphere or something like it malfunctions a lot or well i've heard the theory before like some of the got like the american government especially like you can almost shoot down a ufo with like targeted like frequencies so I always wonder, like, why, how do these things fly, and why, why they always crash in like the weirdest places, like that. It's, I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. Because like, if you can actually like, if these are trans-dimensional machines, you come here and then you crash on Earth. I don't know. I've always wondered, like, how. Yeah, you traverse the great distance of space, and then you're like, fucking crash on a planet. We messed up. We didn't realize what this, what iron was so when we got here. It really fucked with our crafts. Like, you think you would, yeah. you think you would like have run-ins with iron out in the universe. Yeah, like 100%. Hey, you don't know. It's just kind of, you know, maybe they it really up, It really humanizes... Their technology, yeah. It humanizes aliens for me. You know, even they can make <laughs> mistakes. <laughs> yeah. It's a... It's a really unusual case with this. It's... Did, did, was it something? Or was it an AI-controlled craft and it just didn't know... You know, didn't anticipate that what that was going to happen. It was a probe or something like that. Some type of drone, yeah. 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 Autonomous drone. For me, the, the actual CIA document that says that Russia and China were sharing information, you know, specifically on UFOs and choosing Dalnagorsk as a location uh, after there being reported UFOs in the area. Yeah, that someone knew something. Brings so true. Like it's, 
I'm like, at first I was kind of skeptical, like, you know, as with most UFO cases, I'm like, oh, there's not going to be that much. But there's an actual document, an official document that says that China and Russia were working together uh, to find out information about UFOs. Yeah, it's super you know? weird. And not just like UFOs in the, in the sense that they were, you know, that, that like they're USA or, or, you know, or the US craft or something like that, but that there were 10 UFOs in Dalnagorsk. You know, I don't think the US is really interested in Dalnagorsk, even if you, I guess, if you, I don't know, if you launched, if you launched recon aircraft over there, I don't think you'd really go over that area, but, you know, yeah, why, why the document is that document is really telling of something, something going on. Someone knows something, but they want to tell you that it's just ball lightning. Yeah. I mean, I, I guarantee Russia has tons of documents. I mean, it's the country with the greatest landmass. Like, it's the country with the largest area. Yeah. And I, I can't imagine how many th- downed craft that they've had over the years and, and what has fallen out of the sky onto their... Well, their territory, but we're like, we're the second largest and I don't think like we're no fucking military superpower. I'll tell you that much. We have three submarines and two are in a fucking mall. (laughs) And like, to me, it's just, it would be hard because if if you're saying stuff's getting downed in Russia because it just the, the landmass and stuff would we just essentially would we just hand over that stuff to the states right away? Well, I could I wouldn't see it going. I wouldn't put it past like the Russians to just lock it up and like never talk about it. Yeah, you know there might be some studying about it, but then they're even once their scientists are like, oh, we can't figure it out or whatever. We're gonna have to wait till later. Like they just keep it in the some vault in the middle of nowhere because there's plenty of places you can hide stuff in Russia. I'm oh, yeah. pretty sure. <laughs> um. And just never, it would never see the light of day. That's true. You never, you like, we never hear any stories from Russia. Like, they probably have so many UFO stories and stuff that we would never even heard of. Like, we only probably heard of this one and a few of the big ones just because they they eventually trickle out. But what? Uh, yeah, and it makes them hard to investigate just to get in hard. there and like actual, you know, anything to to confirm any information or source information in there. Yeah, it's it's difficult and it's just it's a shame, you know, I guess. Yeah. Now, what about the theory that instead of us being an alien craft, that it's not some type of wasn't some type of like Russian advanced spy plane, kind of like the States at the time was had like the the Blackbird, you know, yeah, those Area 51 yeah. flying UFOs that everyone reported yet that was never acknowledged for like 40 years. Yeah. But even if it were a crash, like experimental Soviet craft, I think you would have had more military activity for sure. Like, there would have been noticeable uptick in military activity in that area. I think people would have taken notice of it for sure. Um, especially, I don't think they would have let those scientists go in there two days after the fact. You know, that place would have been locked down. Yeah, possible. Unless nothing was nothing was really left behind. Except the altered metals. Yeah. Or yeah. experimental experimental metals. Experimental metals, like yeah. Could be. Or it's part of the I just it was part yeah. it's part of uh the secret space force or secret space program. They're they're like they're leaps and bounds ahead of our like the the real human space for 
space program. So yeah. if you listen, I don't to, think if you listen to Corey Good and the boys, uh, there's a there is an advanced space force that's been on this planet for the last <laughs> hundred years. Did you hear? Did you hear any about this Corey Good thing trying to trademark the term "secret space program"? Secret space program. We try to trademark secret space program. Yeah, because like that's his like bread and butter right now, right? It kind of yeah. seems like it's one of these like we've talked about him before. <laughs> Corey Good is uh he was taken by the secret space force for twenty years and then he was age regressed back to like being forty, even though he's supposed to be like sixty five or something. That's his story. That's a whole nother tangent, us. UFO. That's a, that's a whole other thing. His UFO is in this like like. So it always makes me think of the secret space program and this Corey Good's been in the fucking news here nonstop about this. It's so funny. Any other, what other theories we got for this thing? There's nothing really, it's, it's a tough one because nothing was really found except just a little bit of metal. Yeah. Those, those metals apparently have a really, a lot of unusual qualities. Like I can't get into it. It's super into it because, um, I'm not a metallurgist. I'm not like a particle physicist, but apparently they have, they have qualities that are, extremely unusual um we mentioned a few of them yes so, definitely yeah like anti-gravitational qualities like that's really something that definitely uh warrants more testing i think yeah I, part of me wants it wants to doubt like you would let that kind of stuff be put in a national museum and national atomic testing museum and, you know, at first I thought the National Atomic Testing Museum was just kind of like, oh, it's just a roadside attraction or something like that. Like, no, this place is uh, associated with the Smithsonian Institution. This is a national, it is a national museum. You know, so I'm like, this is <laughs> something that's really, uh, if something had like actual anti-gravitic properties, though, you think they just lock it up in a, in like a case? There's the, probably a fake. It's probably a fake. Yeah, they kept the real. They're try, they've been trying to replicate it ever since. Yeah, or they already have, and that's what all these new UFOs are. Could be. I mean, I would. Yeah, I wouldn't put past them with these new UFOs and be like, or why we haven't seen them. Yeah, well, if they don't show up on radar, and there's pretty much no way to. If they can dis, yeah, if, maybe if we've they just can gotten better at building them. Yeah, that that you know. that uh, like anti-radar reflective coating is now just like like an actual cloaking hologram. Or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could be. I mean, we've just gotten maybe all the UFOs before during the 19s and 80s were just us getting the technology right. And now we've got it pretty well. And now it's better at hiding. Could be. Could be. So I, I, can, I could see that happening. What else we got? Height 611. That's pretty much like the, there isn't that's a, a like lot. A, there's the not is, a lot yeah, out just, there on it. The rest, rest is a mystery kind of. I bet there's more Russian stuff on it that's in yeah. Russian. But. Yeah, it hasn't been translated and made available. Yeah. Oh, these there's just so many, there's so many of these UFO incidents. I mean, it's got to be something going on. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, or the whole world, everyone is we're all crazy. No, there's no sane people in the world. Everyone's crazy. Everyone sees things. Interesting. It's just a it's just an interesting UFO case. Like yeah, it's cool. There's there's like some. Some hard evidence, some factual like government documents. Like, it's it's just it's interesting. It's too bad there's not more like, uh, you know, people having like their, you know, encounters and and like letting more personal opinion out there on like people who were there. 
Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. That's what's kind of missing on this one. It's like, okay, well, like, well, I want to hear some accounts of some of the eyewitnesses and stuff, but it's like, well, they're Russian and it's hard to find. And something happened. Something happened. Something weird. <laughs> something definitely happened. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag, look it up. Let's get into some. Uh, I got. We got a bunch of new five star reviews. Yeah. Who oh, did we? Yeah, I'm gonna read. I like, a I like hearing nice things. <laughs> That guy who gave a bad review can eat a wiener. Five star <laughs> review from Tyrone Sapien. <laughs> Honestly, like the only podcast I listen to, I don't care what anybody says. Braden and Mr. Conspiracy make the show. Oh, look at that. Oh, shit. Uh, My tires have been reinflated. Look, look what you've done. <laughs> that was by me. I did that review. <laughs> um, best in the galaxy by Capronia. Capronia? I don't know. I just finished the 81st episode after only one month of listening. These guys are the funniest and most entertaining and informative guys out there. Never has a podcast grabbed my attention so strongly. I wish Meat Draw Braden would come out more often. But I'm glad he has bad reading skills, even when sober. Very funny. <laughs> Ron Pond would be proud. If he ever travels to this dimension again, my hope is he makes an appearance on the show. Ours too. I got really liking it. Five star by Casher Dasher. This podcast is pretty sweet. A uh, few regular guys sitting around having a beer, talking conspiracies. Dan seems to really look into the topic and always has intelligent... <laughs> Yeah, or, always, always has it. Or maybe that Zell. Probably both. Braden's slightly <laughs> illiterate mush mouth can be quite entertaining. Highly recommend. Slightly illiterate mush mouth. Mush mouth. Yeah, we're keeping that one. I need to write that down. <laughs> slightly illiterate mush mouth. <laughs> Lovely. Oh, uh, cracker oh, of a podcast. Five-star review from Perchard. Highly entertaining, gents. Keep it up. Boom. Uh, that's all our five-star reviews. Oh, man. So, oh, those are really nice ones. Yeah, those are so, so People, people mush say mouth. such nice things about us. Mushmouth. Oh, Slightly illiterate mushmouths. <laughs> uh, Zell, you got a prolapser of the week? I do. I was going to... I got to make it up to this guy. Oh, I fucking closed it. All right. Well, while you're struggling. While I'm struggling, you'll figure it out. Uh, we got some new Patreons. <laughs> Woo. Um, so if you can't get enough of us and you need some more, go on Patreon. Uh, you can unlock. We have uh, designated case files, Patreon only. Um, this show is, as always, ad-free. Um, we're not down with that. So if you're not down with that. Yeah. Get down with, get Patreon. down with Patreon. Uh, <laughs> tons of cool stuff there. So we have uh, November. So Aria Abrego. Um, where else here? What, what's what, what? They always change it. They always change. Uh, Tanner Hewitt, Chris Powers, Tara Austin. Jabba the slut. <laughs> Mac R. Pier Mark R. Pearson. 
Zachary Ward, Eliezer, Eliezer Agrant Jr. Sorry, I might have butchered that one. Aaron Smith, not, not a meth lab, and Justin Riviera. Um, if I didn't read your name, don't worry. We uh, I'll get there one day. But yeah, we got tons of stuff on our Patreon. Uh, check it out. Check out our... We got new shirts out. Go slap on a Mr. Conspiracy's Power Hour shirt. They're flying off the shelves. Or don't. Uh, or don't. Or don't. <laughs> uh, don't. Don't. Every time someone buys his shirt, the logo gets bigger. It's just his face. It's going to stretch around the whole shirt. Yeah. Just a quick zoom in of the shirt. It's just his whole face is the shirt. Like, it's just... <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do another I'm gonna do another one where it's just a zoomed in really like bad picture of his face and then it just <laughs> says look it up. <laughs> uh Zell, you got your prolapse of the week ready yeah, now? Found him after uh all that struggling. Gonna make it up to this guy. His name is Mike Gentile. He's a musician from Chicagoland. I guess that's what is that what you guys call yourselves from Chicagoland area? Oh, okay. Uh, oh, Chicago. His band yes, you can say Chicago. His band is called Majungas. M-A-J-U-N-G-A-S. And he asked us to give him a shout out for his new, he made a concept album titled Ancient Astronaut Theory. And it, nice. it goes from like after the Big Bang all the way down to Extraction Point. And it's kind of like a, a concept of, I guess, life in the universe pretty much. He asked for a shout out because he was going to AlienCon in Baltimore, but we just missed it. So I'm giving him a yeah. shout out now. Zell's Prolapse of the Week. And featured song of the week. It's called Majungas Intergalactic Invasion. And it's actually pretty good. Stick it at the end of the case file here. You can all um, have a listen. Coming up next, case file 84, MK Ultra. What? Wait, what? Yeah, what? Case file 84. What about 84? And then Brain's cutting in and out. Uh oh, we're losing them. Losing them to the winter storm. I know. Brain? And Brayden. We lost him. Brayden. We lost him. We lost him, folks. Brayden. CIA is cutting us off. Ah. Oh, shit. Oh, man. <laughs> right at the end of the show. How is this possible? Well. Oh, worst timing. I guess that's He's the- slightly illiterate mush mouth. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I guess that's the end of the show. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Nope. On my back? Am I back? I'm hearing something. <laughs> We're just getting like little, little bits and pieces of brain in here. Oh, no, no, no. You can't. Oh, no, 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 no. Can you hear me now? <laughs> <laughs> oh. this, is, this is terrible, but it's also really funny. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. 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 You don't touch me. No. Can you hear me now? Come on. Oh, oh like kind of. Maximum uh, robot voice, Brayden. Hello, Brayden? I think we lost him. Brayden? Brayden? Brayden, come back. We're back? We haven't done after hours. Oh, my God. What do you think happened? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess that's the end of the show. Uh, we lost Brayden there for... Whatever reason, he's gone. So, yeah, that's that's it for this 
this week's episode. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, so, uh, like we, yeah, like we always say, Brutal. keep those eyes on the sky. Peace. In comes the mothership from a distant world. Warning sirens blare from our strongholds. One by one they teleport through the sky. Foreign creatures I could not identify. Welcome to our home, the land of Martians. Do you come in peace? What are your intentions? Boom! Out from their guns, lasers stream. Ransack the village, harboring the human beings. The outnumbered greys can hardly put up a fight. Watching their creations disappear from sight. With the human race in their capture, a new.